This episode is sponsored by Rulin Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to GiversEdge.com to learn more. Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman. So I'm joined today by Barry Glassman. Barry's the president of Glassman Wealth, and It's not because he's a financial advisor. I've asked him to be on the show because Barry's really a well-regarded expert when it comes to culture. In his business, in the Washington, D.C. area, multiple publications have recognized his company as the best place to work in the Washington, D.C. area. He's built an amazing culture. It's an environment that not only employees want to work in, but clients want to become a part of. And so I'm going to ask Barry, how do you build that type of culture and environment that attracts top performers, both from a client standpoint and employee standpoint? What are the big mistakes that some people might make when it comes to marketing and their messaging and how that may or may not align with what they actually do for their clients? And then the different strategies you can take when growing a business that may or may not lead to the kind of success you're looking for. So Barry, welcome to the show. Great to see you, Ian. Thanks for uh, making me a part of this. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that people know about you, but tell me one thing that maybe people don't know about you. Oh, there there are a lot of things. But the biggest thing is I'm a frustrated colorblind photographer. So a colorblind photographer, which leads to what sort of issues out there? Well, I, I've always been colorblind, and, and it's always been an issue. If, if you've seen me dress, you, you know that that's the case. But uh, you know, with, with post-processing and, and Photoshop and things, I'll try and enhance pictures of my kids. And my wife will look at the output and say, oh, that's great. They, it's a great action shot, but you know, our kids are green. Um, <laughs> or or you know, you know, John Wall from the Washington Wizards, he looks like a Smurf. You made him a little blue. Uh, and it's not just because he's suffering from oxygen. It's actually no, it's actually, it. yeah. It's, uh, so it's frustrating. I've done a lot with black and white, but, um, you know, and, and I have help. You know, it, part of it has taught me to seek guidance and, and help where it comes to things that I'm not as strong on. Yeah, I know that in seeing you at different places, I'll come up to you and say, hey, I love that blue tie. And you'll say, is it blue? Yeah, I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Which is (laughs) is always great. So let's talk about this idea and the recognition of being identified as the best place to work in the Washington, D.C. area. What are some of the keys that have gotten you to that point that other people can learn from? Well, one of the things, and, and you, uh, I, lo- I love your podcast. I'm not saying that because, but I'm going to quote actual people we're working with who you have interviewed in the past. So Joe McClinsky from EntreQuest, for example, really called us out on the fact that you know, people can't say, shouldn't say they don't have a culture. Everyone has a culture. It may just not be purposeful. So a number of years ago, we worked with Joe and his team and really put together a purposeful culture. Why are we doing what we're doing? Who's on board? And and what's the experience internally we want us to have? And then we can get to what it is that we're doing for clients. Yep. So, so tell me about a little of that. So how does that, how does that materialize inside of Glassman Wealth? 
Well, it's both internally and externally. And and the, the research you want to do is to find out externally, for example, and what is it that your clients value about you or how do they see you through their lens? And there's one question that uh, we've asked a number of clients and prospective clients and things, which is, how do you describe us to friends? And it's such a great question. It doesn't assume that they even like you. It, it just assumes that they have an opinion of you and you want to hear how they describe you. And what we heard from clients was, look, these are passionate people who are smart and what they do is innovative and personal at the same time. And that really gave us a base to explore what is it we, we are internally to match with what our clients are, are either seeking or how they're describing us externally. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's a refreshing way to look at it because I think most people, they're afraid to ask. And I think it's a great question that you come up with. Or, or, or they ask questions that are loaded and looking for referrals. Now, this may lead to referrals. That's all great. But the reason why we're asking is purely research. We want to, we want to hear how do you describe us to friends? Now, important components are, we were worried that, well, I've got a smart guy, or I work with this woman. But what we heard was, we have a team. And that's what we wanted to hear. And if we heard something different, we need to act in a different way so that clients know that they have a team and not a person. Yep. And I want to make sure that, that our audience captures that piece, which is, the, the way you ask that question, how would you describe us to your friends or colleagues, is the kind of thing that all of a sudden now it's asking them to really think about, well, so the way I describe you is like this. The way I describe you is like that, as opposed to most of us ask that Fred Reichold ultimate question, zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend us to a friend or colleague? Oh, nine. Well, are you comfortable referring us now? And it's as you said, it's a loaded question. Or if they're at a nine and they, they're likely to refer, but they see you as they pick two of the greatest stocks for me, yeah. and you don't want to be known for that, then, then they're going to refer the wrong kinds of people to you. Yeah. Um, so you really want to know what is – and your job in asking this or our job in asking isn't to correct them. It's to find out are we, what's, what, what are we doing in our job – to put ourselves out there in a certain way and how are clients interpreting that. Yep. Now, what we then did was explore internally what makes us so darn special. What, what about our group is either different or special or who are we? And what did you learn? Well, what we learned is that there are two really important aspects to every single employee we've hired. Number one is that every single person here is curious. And when you think about hiring questions, and you think about, well, I hire for smarts, I hire for uh, lineage or, or their school, or I hire for, we hire for curiosity. Yeah. Um, so and, how, do you, how do you measure that? Well, there, there are a couple of ways we go about that, but one of the questions we always ask is, um, tell us about an app uh, or, or a, a website that you feel so passionate about and you love so much, you've told all of your friends about in the last two or three months. Now, a lot of the times it ends up being ways, okay. <laughs> and I'm one of those disciples, or, yeah. or uh, I processize ways all the time, and I love it. I use it everywhere I go. If they say, well, I really don't have one, it shows that, well, they're not curious and aren't sharing. 
yeah. uh, that curiosity or what they learned with others. See, I'm glad you clarified. I was just thinking, well, as a child, did what was one of your favorite books? If they said Curious George, then you're on to something. But, but this is clearly a better question. But Curious George, a lot of times, he was an asshole. <laughs> I mean, fact of the matter is, Curious George, if you follow the book, I mean, he's one step shy of Caillou. Okay, <laughs> Curious George would do all of these disruptive things, and the man with the yellow hat would have to apologize. Do you know how many times he would get sued? If it, No, we are not looking for that kind of disruptive curiosity. Um, we're looking for people who are, are curious. And then the second component, bringing it back, is, uh, is passion. We want people who have personal and professional passions. So we ask things like, uh, what do you want to learn? Uh, what do you read at night? And what do you do for fun? And we have, I mean, we have a professional chef. We have somebody who tried the PGA Tour. He's a scratch golfer. I could be a professional photographer. We have a professional pilot. We have somebody who loves aerial arts. She does tightrope, uh, trapeze, and that, that ribbon thing that they do on Cirque du Soleil. We've got really passionate people who work here. Yep. Now, so you take all that, and the thing that I think a lot of people will conclude or assume is, great, so you have curious people, you have passionate people, but how does that actually impact the success of your business and your clients? For curiosity and passion, we want continual learners. We really have a culture where we're just getting started. We've been in business for a while. We have $800 million under management. We're growing, but we really feel like we're just getting started. And there's so much more that we can do for clients, and there's so much more that we could do internally. And we're making lists constantly of here's the next thing we could dream up. In order to have that, you need to have those kinds of people on the bus. Yeah, and, and I know that over the years, one of the things that is going to surprise some people is there have been times where knowing you, I would ask, oh, well, where are you looking to grow next? And you would say, I'm not. <laughs> it's true. It's we're, true. You know, we're not, I'm, I'm not looking to grow the business at all right now because we're building out our infrastructure to better support new clients. Well, back up, back up. We're always looking to grow. The, the question is... Uh, are we looking to grow uh, by a leap? Are we looking to grow slowly? I, I have to tell you, I love Bo's book, Small Giants. And it, it's the, the story or fable of 15 firms who chose to excel versus grow fast or grow big. A and that's what we're looking to do. We're, we're looking for steady growth and, and to grow in the right ways. Yep. And, and I know it's something that is is key to you when you talk to when you talk to your clients. We've talked about different ways that you approach your clients. Oftentimes, and and I I know I know that you gave a talk at Schwab's Impact Conference. And if I recall, you're the only sole advisor, the first sole advisor they've ever had give a talk there. So let me ask you this: Why do you think they asked you to speak there? And then what was different that you heard from other attendees about your talk? Well, I, I, I think one of the reasons, I think somewhat differently in that I believe in full transparency. I believe in being refreshingly open. So, and, and clients come back to me with that as well. And, and this is part of why we believe in the slower growth or smarter growth. You know, I, 
I remember back, I don't know, it was 15 years ago, Jean Shatsky, who was, is or was editor of Money Magazine, she did a, a whole column on, on an idea that I had as far as investing. And I was so proud of it. I sent it to clients. And one of my favorite clients, um, I got together with her and, and she was open and refreshingly honest with me. She said, yeah, it's great. While you're doing that, you weren't watching my money. And, and that kind of refreshingly open feedback is it has also transcended into how we work here. So in order to share with a group like my competitors at a Schwab Impact Conference, um, I guess I did it because I was open, transparent, and refreshingly honest. Now, now, are you afraid to give away the secret sauce or the secret formula for how you build your business? No, 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 no. The, you know who... Patrick O'Connell is, sure. and you know who, um, uh, who's our French laundry, um, uh, Thomas, Thomas Keller. Keller. Yeah. yeah, so so the two of them, Patrick O'Connell, the chef is of the, in a little Washington, chef at uh, French laundry, two of the best chefs in the world. I think you have both of their cookbooks. Sure. I, def- I think I have bo- them in the office here. Why don't you and I just take their recipes and open up another in a little Washington and French laundry, and we'll just take over their business? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? We have the uh, recipes. That's why didn't we think of that? We oh, should do it that, today. Isn't that brilliant? But of course, no one's going to show up, and why not? Well, because they have something special. What's behind their recipes, and how they go about putting that together, and the culture and experience that they have that makes it special. So, for me to share with peers how it is that we approach our culture, how it is that we approach communicating with clients, um, let them take it. What they'll do is they'll make it their own. Yeah. And and I know that in your in your talk that you gave to that Schwab audience, you talked about the different messaging that typically financial advisors use and how that's not necessarily aligned with what matters to your clients. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And 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 it's not just messaging. Yeah. It's also where you're putting your dollars and your resources as well. See, I believe that the way in which most people in my business communicate with clients is to make themselves sound smart. Um, So the GDP was this, and Janet Yellen was this, and small caps did this. And fact of the matter is, GDP means very little to people when it comes to their life goals. Um, When you talk about what China did, and you're trying to relate that to trying to educate their kids and, and launch their kids into a career and plan for retirement while their parents are ill, and, and you're starting to dive into the unemployment figures, there's a huge disconnect. How do you change that messaging and intention with your clients? So you talked about the idea of the curiosity and passion of your team, but now when you're growing your business, you're not talking about the same things other people are, and you kind of have almost a different formula for how you approach business than I see other people doing. Well, no one ever comes into my office and asks me, hey, Barry, what do you think unemployment uh, figures will be as of this Friday? No one ever said, no one says that that's their main concern. What we're really great at is listening to the questions that clients ask us. This is the Marcus Sheridan stuff, another person on your podcast. Uh, And listening to the questions that clients ask and making sure that not only do we answer that to one client, but taking that and answering it to all of our clients. And then, by the way, while we have social media impact, we're educating our clients and then, by the way, sharing that with the world. 
So Barry, you mentioned this idea that you love cooking and photography. How have you incorporated those passions into the way you approach your business? Well, it's a great question. It's, uh, I, I look at almost everything as a recipe. So yes, cooking, you know, clearly. Photography, if I blend this exposure with this lighting, with this kind of time, I, I see the success behind it. So, so, it's, so it's almost like in every endeavor, there are certain key ingredients you need, and then a way that you incorporate those together and ultimately deliver it. So how does that apply in your business? Well, in two big ways, and, and one of which your, your listeners could definitely uh, implement on their own. One is on the investment side, clearly. I am always thinking about how to piece different investments together and how they'll react together to cause some sort, some sort of result and does it match what the client needs. More importantly, from a business perspective in a wealth management firm, I kind of look at the recipe to build a wealth management as like an easy recipe once you have it, you, you, you take this little bit of no conflicts of interest or being a fiduciary. You take the little bit of having access to all kinds of investments, blend curious, passionate, smart people with few enough clients. And you know, I look at it just like Thomas Keller, the, the, uh, the chef of the French Laundry, looks at producing a cookbook. You know, if you put these ingredients together, it, 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 it determines success. Um, so almost anything I look at, it, whether it's my business, other businesses and things, it's always looking at what pieces are in place and then what else could we add to enhance the recipe? Or maybe it's done and we just let it rest. Yeah, and, and I know that, if, for example, great restaurants, a lot of people love what they have today, but they get really excited about what that restaurant is kind of where they're, where they're putting a stake in the ground and saying, here's what we're doing as a business and here's where we're going as a restaurant. And it gets people excited about that. How often do your clients ask questions about, hey, where are you deploying resources and where are you going as a business? Uh, oh, great question. I wish they would ask that more. I wish prospective clients would ask us uh, not only about our philosophy and investments and things, but I would, I would love for them to ask, how are you investing your resources to benefit your clients for the future? Um, because you know, something important is uh, what they're asking you about your firm today. But for a client to know what it is you want to be and what you're going to become, how exciting is that for a client family who's looking to retire and be with somebody for hopefully a decade or more of their lifetime to know what it is you as a firm might become over time? And, and, and I want our listeners to, to think about this in your own business What's your recipe? What's the formula? What are the key ingredients? And then what can you share about your direction with your clients that lets them know that they want to be on that ride with you and they're going to end up in a good place? And, and really challenge yourself. If you come up with an answer, well, we're going to deploy resources in this way, you have to look at it from a client standpoint. They're asking in their mind, well, how does that benefit me? Um, so if your answer doesn't, doesn't really resonate with clients that we're looking to spend resources on more tax expertise, more estate planning expertise, uh, growing uh, the advisory staff so we can have more eyeballs on every single portfolio, um, if you don't have that and you're talking about hiring new people with clients or marketing efforts, um, clients will sense that. Now, 
a, a lot of people know you as a guy who's really passionate about this great culture inside the business. And, and cultures are things that we know come from intentional actions. What are the things, if, if I brought in your team and asked them, okay, what, is, what does Barry always say? <laughs> right? For starters, they would roll their eyes. But I guarantee there are some things that everyone on your team would say, oh, he always says blank. What are some of those things? Oh, man. Uh, I think my kids would also say the same thing. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I really believe in is uh, don't tell them, show them. You know, a lot of our websites uh, and newsletters and things uh, talk about how we're fiduciaries or talk about how we're fee only and, and those things. Okay, so that's great. Show them that you're a fiduciary. Show them that you can share this information and be open and honest and transparent. Um, so on, the web, on our website, as an example, we don't tell people what we are. We show them what we are. What do you mean by that? So it would be one thing for us to say, we're really smart and innovative and say that on our website. Well, what if we actually put videos on our website that showed how we think about investments and educated our clients and the world on how things work? Wouldn't that be refreshing, open, honest, transparent, and by the way, get across the fact that we're smart and innovative? That's what we're looking for. The other thing is, how easy is it to say, uh, we're smart and innovative? And, and, and on the web, you, all you need to do is just change a couple words, and, and you're smart and innovative. No one believes that anymore. you got to prove it. And this is what Marcus Sheridan always said. Don't tell them. Show them. Yeah. And, and so and as part of that, as, as demonstrating or showing people, I think that a lot of businesses would be fearful that, yeah, but if I show them exactly how we're doing this, then our competitors are going to find out too. Well, then let them. Let them show how they are what they are in their own way. I I love diving into our website and saying, what do we claim and how do we prove it by showing it on the website? What do we claim to our clients on -on one-on-one or uh, over email or any kind of communication? And how do we prove that we're that kind of person? Show them, don't tell them. So, so show so so show them, don't tell them is one thing that people would say. You always say, what else? Well, something else is uh, I'm known for saying interrupt the pattern. You, know, I don't know how many of your listeners, probably most of them, have seen the show Weeds, and the theme song for that gets into ticky tack, and they're all the same. Meaning, every person is basically the same. And when you think about us in our own industries, and you go from website to website, when you meet person to person. A lot of times it's the same thing. And if you look at people in wealth management or wealth management firms, they all say the same stuff. We trust and it's really objective and it's important that relationships and the, and it's one thing for fiduciaries like us to say that. But when we see the big brokers saying the exact same thing, then clients are trying to investigate, you know, potential clients are trying to investigate what's the difference between them. We need to interrupt the pattern. It doesn't mean be outlandish or it doesn't mean to just be different for different sake. Just interrupt the pattern of what you expect to see on the next website, what you expect to have in the next meeting. Yep. And and this and part of that echoes to one of my other guests, Seth Godin, who wrote Purple Cow. The idea is, and I want everyone listening to kind of take this to heart, if you look at your website and you look at your competitors' websites and other people in your industry, and if you took the logo off, you couldn't tell the difference, 
then you got a problem because it means that your message is just sounding like everybody else's and you start sounding like an adult in a Peanuts cartoon where you hear the sound, but it doesn't make any sense to you. Right. And you can try to emphasize the words even more. It's just in today's world, it's too easy to claim that you're this. Uh, try and interrupt the pattern and show that you're that kind of firm or that kind of entity. Um, so getting back to this whole idea of being recognized as the best place to work, so what do you think led to that? What, why is it that your employees have such a passion for working here and for helping your clients? Well, it's all to do with culture, and it goes back to the showing, not just telling them. We can't just tell the team here at Glassman Wealth that we're great, and by having a, a free lunch Friday, uh, that, that's not going to cut it. It's got to be so many different things and show a pattern of those things to really make it work. And I think that as we come through for clients, as we come through for employees who either either have dreams, meaning they're great things and they want to accomplish things, or they have struggles and how we come through for them. I think you got to show them and not tell them. And that's all part of, of culture. Yeah. And I know there's some playful things that you do in one of your agreements. I know you sent something out that, um, that clients could respond. And if so, you would send them something. So tell that story a little bit. Well, it was, uh, and this goes more to the uh, the communication side. We were ticky-tack all the same, and we were sending out economic commentaries. And we were just curious, you know, do our clients care about this? And one of the ways to measure it was to put a line in the foreign investment section, this, this quote, hey, curious to know who's reading this. Respond with the word Starbucks, and we'll send you a $50 Starbucks gift card. And, and how many Starbucks gift cards did you send it out? It cost me $150. <laughs> <laughs> and two of them, I couldn't believe two of these people were reading them. One just really has no interest in economics, and the other keeps talking about his dreams he wants to accomplish, and, and he doesn't have time. So I said, okay, Steve, stop reading this and, and go out and, and go fishing. That's great. What if, if you had one piece of advice for people who aspire to end up with one of these companies that's regarded as the best place to work, that it's the kind of business that clients want to become a part of, what would you tell people to do? Oh, it's all about alignment. It's about alignment of who you are as a team, individuals, as a leader, and why you're doing what you're doing. It is some of that Simon Sinek stuff. And then here's the thing, meshing it with what clients want, need, and expect from you. If you think about Zappos, Zappos has a great culture, they have a great service, great product. What if, what if customers didn't care? What if it didn't mesh or resonate with, with the customers? There have been plenty of things, uh, you know, besides the Betamax, that were great things that didn't resonate with, it just wasn't the right timing. If you can mesh those things together and it sinks, that's, that's glorious. That, that's, that's nirvana here at Glassman Wealth. So for us to be purposeful about who we are and mesh it to what clients want and need, if we can do that on an ongoing basis, we're going to love coming to work every day. That's great. Now, what's the best way? Because I'm sure people are going to have questions for you. They're going to want to connect with you. What's the best way for people to find you? 
Oh, our, our website, glassmanwealth.com, we're going to be putting uh, so much more of what it is we're doing, not only from the investment standpoint, but also the culture standpoint. And we're building that out over the next few few weeks and months. So absolutely come back and visit uh, glassmanwealth.com and people can just see how we think differently. Great. Thanks for being here, Barry. Thanks for inviting me in. Barry shared some great information, and I'm not just talking about his tirade on Curious George and Caillou. Let me give you a few of the key takeaways I think you can use and put to work in your business right away. Remember, Barry talked about the idea of having a purposeful culture and asking your questions, how do customers describe you to friends? When it comes to your business model, build a recipe. Think about which ingredients you need and the execution that's going to generate the right output. Show them, don't tell them. So don't just say that you do things, actually do them. And then interrupt the pattern and identify and embrace how you are different so you stand out from the competition. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's a topic you want me to cover, just drop me a note directly at ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer. Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman. Unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at GrowMyRevenue.